This is Disabled Girls Who Lift. We are reclaiming what's rightfully ours one podcast at a time. It's Mary Beth, Chloe, and Marcia bringing you the thoughts and unpopular topics to get you out of that ableist comfort zone. Welcome, folks, to yet another episode of Disabled Girls Who Lift. We miss Chloe, but we do have two of our hosts and a special guest today. This is Marcia from Seminole Tribe Land in South Florida. And it's Mary Beth on Ohlone Land from Northern California. We've got such an amazing guest joining us today, Sam Tokita. She's been a part of the Disabled Girls Who Lift community for quite some time now, a really, really strong listener of the podcast as well. But uh, we finally got some times in our schedule to, to talk, and um, I'm super excited. She's coming in from Seattle, Washington. Finally, we got some West Coasters here. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Sam's a creative portrait photographer. She works in VR, a Muay Thai practitioner, and really just an all-around badass. We see her modeling like all over the world, and um, I want to talk to you a little bit more about that today. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you guys so much. Um, And just to add on, because you guys mentioned uh, the native lands that you're on, I'm on Duwamish land here in Seattle. Awesome. I don't know anything about Seattle, so that's a new name for me. Uh, so I'm curious because our limb different folks here, Mary Beth and Chloe, of course, always talk about their childhood. Um, so not a traumatic thing. They're born the way they were born. So it's something they always had. And their parents were like supportive and good to them and all that stuff. But yet they spent most of school hiding. So Mary Beth with her arm Oof. in her pocket um Chloe always wearing long sleeves even though it was summer so I'm wondering if you had a similar experience and if you did are you still there or are you coming out of it I have absolutely had a similar experience um and it's interesting because I've really only come to the realization um of like how much I really went through um in my youth in the past year, like it's I kind of all <laughs> hitting me at once. I think I, I maybe blocked out uh, some of the pain that I was feeling uh, growing up, but I, I as well had extremely supportive and really awesome parents. They did everything in their power to make sure that I always felt that I could do everything that everyone else could. Um, probably sometimes even even more so uh, than than the usual parents because it was like if I said I wanted to do something, they were going to, they were like, yes, we're going to support this so hard. I said, I wanted to read when I was three years old, just like casually offhand. And my mom made me sit down every single day and do like flashcards with her. (laughs) I was like, I regret saying that (laughs) I wanted to do this, but you know, you can only protect your kids so much. Um, Like once I stepped out of the house, there's a whole different world. And I was battling with people staring, people like making jokes without really knowing me well enough for me to feel comfortable hearing them. Um, And I, and I had the privilege of, you know, just being able to hide my disability completely by throwing on a pair of pants. Um, Like I, I walk pretty well. You wouldn't 
really know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that became a source of pride for me because when people did find out that I had a prosthesis, it was like, oh my God, you fit in so well. I never would have known. And it was kind of like a huge compliment that I could conform yeah. to in that, in that idea headspace, of that's a compliment. I'm sure now you would cringe. Yeah. And I, I didn't even, it's little things like that, that maybe weren't so little that, you know, I, I thought that that was cool. And that was what made me, um, made me cool, I guess, is that I could fit in so easily, but it did hurt me. Like I, I was also wearing pants. I mean, I grew up in Vegas, so, you know, those, those hundred degree summers, they were awful. I yeah, and you decided that shoes too. That I'm guessing, like you weren't hanging out in flip flops. Yeah, not at all. Um, I loved wearing different kinds of shoes when I was a little kid, and then when uh, like middle school and high school came around, I was always wearing tennis shoes, uh, high socks. Like I just just co- wanted to cover up my leg as much as possible, just so I felt normal. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's and nowadays that's that's switched like just in the past year like it's it's gotten very cold and rainy here in Seattle and I'm still walking outside in shorts as much as possible because I'm just trying to you know just own it like this I'm making up for lost time <laughs> I guess <laughs> well y'all wild uh, ones in Seattle you don't even walk around with an umbrella when it's raining like I, everybody true. knows I'm a foreigner <laughs> when I go there because <laughs> I'm the only one using an umbrella <laughs> oh really that's, yeah. that's so true they're just like water from the sky anyways <laughs> yeah go about our days dogs are still walking yeah i, I made the joke that. the other day because uh like i'll i'll just go run like in shorts and a tank top when it's like raining out and uh, oh, this my process is probably gonna get mad at me because i'm gonna start resting and he's not going to know why <laughs> um so at what point did you start because we we know from your profile that you do muay thai so at what point did you start doing that is that what helped you come out of it because i don't think you could wear pants in that yeah absolutely that was it that was a huge part of it so um at the beginning of 2019 i kind of had a a huge um i guess wake up call i just realized that I wasn't happy in my place of work and uh, didn't just didn't love myself and wasn't really putting into my relationships what my relationships deserved and it was kind of this like very cyclical thing um, where things were just getting darker and darker because I needed to heal something within myself and so I very abruptly like left my job I moved um, out of my home and uh, was suddenly kind of in this space where I had a lot of time and um, I I battled an eating disorder in middle school and high school and thought that it had it was behind me but it came back very abruptly uh, when all of these things were happening and I was in this like kind of high stress environment at all times so it just always felt like I was in fight or flight mode and mm-hmm. I didn't know who I was and so I just kind of was bouncing back and forth between like do I go see a therapist? Do I check myself into like an eating disorder clinic? Um, like, what do I do to, to help heal myself? And I'd looked into a couple of eating disorder clinics and it just in my gut didn't feel like the right way for me to heal. Um, so I was like, I need something to fill up all of the free time that I spend um, engaging in destructive behavior. And 
also something that's like very mentally challenging. Like I don't, I don't want it to feel like it's about my body. Um, it needs to be something like very mentally stimula- stimulating. And so I, I just looked up like, what's the most difficult martial art um, <laughs> in existence? Like what's the most brutal thing that I can put myself through? And it ended up being Muay Thai. And I felt kind of like scared. Like that was the first time in my life that I've genuinely faced something and felt like, I don't know if I can do this. Um, just because of like, I do have, I do have to acknowledge that I have, knee mobility issues and I don't I have an ankle on the right side and those are things that I may need for this sport for this sport um and so I was like screw it I'm gonna do that and my very first day I just fell in love with it and decided that I was gonna fight and this is like who I am I just felt something click and awaken inside of me as dramatic as that sounds um and so I've been doing it for about a year and a half and and it's pretty much been a religious thing for me. I'm, I'm there every day that the gym is open, um, sometimes multiple sessions a day. And everything that I do is like with Muay Thai in mind. Yeah, that's so awesome. I feel like we have so much in common with those of us in strength training, other sports or just sports in general. It's coming out of any... Um, eating disorders or body issue, you know, body image issues, um, really finding both the distraction and the passion in these sports. And then also realizing how the only thing on the scale you're looking at is probably a, um, a weight class and nothing else and doesn't define your worth is like probably the most awesome thing that we, I, I ever found in powerlifting. That's really awesome. Did you guys do other sports prior to finding powerlifting? Was that like the first thing that you stepped into and it was like, yeah. I think Marcy and I both did uh, soccer, right? Yeah. Well, in high school, I did soccer and flag football. Um, and I, I always loved it, but I used to have a lot of pain. And I didn't understand then why. Now I understand why, but whatever. That's besides the point. And so because of that, I just never felt like, like, oh, I guess I'll never be good enough to be like a college player. And then I just kind of played it like those random leagues every once in a while. And I'd be in and out of the gym, in and out of like yoga stuff and never feeling comfortable in general um, until somehow I started doing powerlifting. So it was one of those things I just like looked up and I saw a meet and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do that. I feel like I'm kind of strong. And mm. that's where that started. So, kind of. Yeah. Breaking it, records up the yin-yang. It's very interesting that things seem to happen like on a whim and out of nowhere. But once you're like on that road, you're like, all right, this is a good street. Okay. Yeah. And the empowerment you feel like as a woman, as a disabled woman, as a person of color, like how strong and powerful we are on that stage and all of these crowds of random people cheering for you it's it's a great feeling and cheering for you not because they know you are disabled sometimes yeah but (laughs) um just because you're strong and you're good at what you do but But, sam uh, um, that uh that timeline of yours sam like i think correlates so much to my timeline of like feeling comfortable in my own skin as someone with a limb difference both like you know, growing up, we had the great support from our family, elementary school. I probably just went out there like 
both arms out and about, played basketball, played handball, like played whatever I could do with my limbs out there um, for the public and my friends to see. But then coming into middle school, high school, I felt the exact same thing where all of a sudden, you know, you had to impress the other people for popularity, both of both genders. It was ridiculous. And so from all of the sports that I so dearly loved, baseball, like growing up with my family was a really big thing. I chose whatever I could. Uh, like the only sport I felt like I had access to is somebody missing a hand, which was soccer, because I was like, oh, well, we don't have to use hands in soccer until, you know, it comes out of the line. Um, and so even playing that sport, I hit it like and this was high school, you know, right. so I, I totally feel that. And I feel like I found powerlifting the same year that you found Muay Thai. And I'm so glad that you found that outlet. It's like our like you're so free and act like every other child until you like basically learn to to <laughs> be uncomfortable with yourself. Like right, it's, and it's always that age range. Like I I recognize that you know we we probably faced it more than others, of course. But like every kid, <laughs> like everyone I meet is like, yeah, the the time frame between like middle school and high school was just so rough. Yeah, so you're just like when you're so impressionable. Yeah, when you're so when you're like noticeably different, it's like a whole different level of anxiety. Yeah. yeah. And where you grew up in Vegas, what what was what were the people around you? Was it all white people? Was it mixed? Was it black and brown? Because that's it a was, whole other level too. It was very. That's a, such a transient city. Um, like there's the there's a handful of people that are born and raised and they never leave. And then pretty much everyone else is like in and out. Like there's, there were so many kids that were there for a couple of years and then I never saw them again. Um, oh, so, but a lot of them, at least like in my County and the ones that went to my school were primarily white. There were, um, and I, and when I moved to Vegas, like I'm, I'm, I say born and raised, but I I'm a military brat. That's just the, that's just my home because I remember most of that. Um, so I, I had gone to elementary school in Puyallup with a bunch of kids and I was in the, the like quest gifted program. Um, so I had the same classmates for like three years and we all knew each other really well and they all knew about my leg. And then it, I moved to Vegas at the very beginning mm -hmm. of middle school. And so it was like this whole new school. Nobody knew about my leg. I had to like make friends and it was middle school. So it was just like everything all at once. It was very, very stressful. Um, and so I, I kind of was immediately welcomed into this group of kids that were like all Asian. Um, and I didn't really fit in with them because they were all like pretty much second generation and um, I'm, I'm the fourth generation um, in my family. So I didn't really relate to a lot of like the kind of like family upbringing that they all did. Um, and I, I was kind of rejected from like any group of like white people for the Damn. most part and that's that's also something that I'm like looking back on and I like didn't even realize how segregated our school was until like really looking at it later in life um but yeah I didn't I did not fit in anywhere um I ended up being like one of those weird art kids that would just like draw in the theater <laughs> on my lunch break because I just the weird kids that like climb trees in the middle of work <laughs> what the fuck is that kid doing out there oh well 
Yes, exactly. Pillars. <laughs> uh yeah can relate and i went to mostly black and brown schools um but you know i was like an oreo like oh you talk white mm-hmm. and then with the white people they were like can i touch your hairs i'm just like uh, uh okay yeah there's no in between there <laughs> yeah. really is no in between yeah there's no in between that didn't really exist I don't know how it is for kids now, but I mean, at least at this age growing up, you're like, all right, I could just be me and I don't care if I'm weird. This is fine. But that's not a vibe when you're like 12. Yeah. Yeah. And before social media, <laughs> I feel like it's, yeah, you can, like meet a bunch of people across the world and connect over things and realize that you're actually not that weird. Exactly. Your only options are the people around you. Yes. So does that mean that you avoided any any sort of sports and activity for most of school and, and college then? Is Muay Thai the first, like, movement you've done? Pretty much. Um, I definitely stayed out of um, sports in high school. Um, I just didn't want – one, I didn't think that I could do them. And two, I felt like in PE, um, that was kind of when the, my eating disorder really started. Um, I had, like – like couldn't keep up when we had to do the mile run partially because of my leg and partially because I was under fueling myself. Mm-hmm. And some of the girls that were on the track team, like didn't understand that. And were kind of like, I heard them whispering behind my back in the locker room. And so I was like, I don't want to be part of that. I don't want to subject myself to that. Um, and I think I had, I had that same insecurity. I just brought it along with me um, post high school. I did uh, pick up CrossFit for a little bit, um, but there's so many, <laughs> we did so many squats and I could feel <laughs> that I, <laughs> I could, oh, it's funny because it sucked in general, but also like that my, my um, femurs are different lengths. And so I could tell like at different points of the movement that that was going to be a problem if I started lifting like really heavy weights Mm -hmm. and none of the coaches knew what to do like Mm -hmm. a few of them told me to just keep doing it and oh my fucking god they're just like just keep doing it and this is the same gym like you didn't try different gyms or anything no I I or box one that was like near one that was near where I lived at the time and so I was like, mm, maybe this isn't for me. Yeah, that's my biggest fear. Because <laughs> CrossFit, CrossFit's not a bad sport. You just have bad coaches sometimes. <laughs> if they're not looking okay. at the right, right movements, right, you know, uh-uh, not okay. Yeah, no, I totally, I totally get that now. But at the time, I was like, I'm in pain, and I don't know if I can keep doing this. Um, so I loved it. I was in the best shape of my life in that like six month period um, <laughs> but yeah I definitely was not squatting right room time yeah <laughs> no there's no way I found a few abs <laughs> man so what's your split look like these days do you still try to do any crossfit kind of stuff or is that chapter done with um I my schedule is kind of crazy so I haven't found a crossfit gym that like works with what I have available and also leaves me open to being able to do Muay Thai. Um, our gym is closed right now for the Muay Thai gym is closed um, to, you know, hope, hopefully bring down our COVID numbers, um, which is fine. I, we, we actually went, got into a new space. It's significantly bigger and um, 
there's very few of us training at any given period of time. Um, so I, we were having like multiple classes. Um, so like I have one dedicated training partner and we'll just go at it for three hours. Um, that takes up most of my evening. So in the morning I just try and get in some, some extra cardio, just go for a run and do some physical therapy to try and build strength in my, uh, leg, my right leg on my prosthetic side. Um, do a little bit of strength training, but nothing as, as intense as CrossFit. Yeah. Yeah. Therapies in person or that's like a, some homework that you have on your own. Homework. I worked with a physical therapist for a few months and took down all, all the notes and have just been following that same exact regimen. Three hours though. I know. I saw your face when you said that. (laughs) Dude, I, yeah, I had a roommate who did um, some form of martial arts very very similar not only three hours of like actual martial arts then there was weightlifting then there was cardio running or like mm-hmm. on a bike how do you like how do you do that like two to three workouts in a day so do you have like That's a lot of food you gotta yeah feel. <laughs> what's, what's the fuel looking like you really have to pay attention then that sounds expensive yeah. it's uh you gotta feed the money <laughs> I, uh, I actually just recently hired a coach to help me with that because I realized I could not handle it on my own. Um, yeah, I, I've kind of been just eating whatever uh, that seems to have worked for the past few months. I think I need more protein <laughs> is what I'm trying to get <laughs> some help with. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I'm up early in the morning, usually like 530, 6 o'clock to get into some, some running um, some basic strength training in my PT and then I'm working for like eight to 10 hours in the middle of the day, um, which makes it hard to, to cook the right things and feel myself properly. Right. And then I'm jetting off to, to the Muay Thai gym. Mm-hmm. Um, I also don't eat meat. So I'm kind of relying on like a lot, a lot of, uh, hummus and beans yeah. and, and soy. Just, beans for you know. days. Oh, yes. <laughs> Oh, good. That's yeah, great. Combo of carbs vegan, and protein. Vegan um, protein powders that you like? Um, these ones aren't vegan. I've, I've been a huge fan of Quest just because uh, their flavors are really awesome and you can bake with them. It just kind of breaks up the monotony of drinking oh, yeah, shakes all yeah. the time. Yeah, um, they got everything. They got chips. They got cookies. I don't know. I've fallen out. I fell out with Quest. They changed like the bars. And then it gave me indigestion, and I was just like, "Never mind." <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Never mind. I'm not yeah, a lot of it does again. have a lot of dairy. I don't. I don't take any adventures. I don't know. It wasn't even that. I don't know what it was. They changed. Oh god! So I don't take much adventures with my supplements. I don't need to, not at all. Yeah, Very and not ominous. to mention, I don't even want to find out. <laughs> not to mention, a lot of the plant-based protein is just way too expensive. Yeah, you get like a little sixteen-ounce bottle, and that's sixty, fifty bucks. Like, and it's not that serious. Are like all off. Like I, yeah. mm, I try to find some just to see because sometimes they have like more vitamins they add to them, which I like that idea. But I can't find any that are bearable. Like I don't, yeah. I don't want to drink sand water. Never. <laughs> well, for plant-based. <laughs> It might as well just make your own shakes and smoothies with, you know, nut milks, greens, berries, get all the, all the nutrients there. Yeah. Protein's your, 
Marcia, what's your go-to then? If you if you have, it sounds like you have a strict set of. Uh, oh set of yeah, yeah. I don't I don't take adventures because I don't want to like. First of all, t- I'm very weird with textures and certain flavors of certain brands. Even the same brand will blend differently. Like I, it has to be like a certain consistency. I can't. I'm very wow, strange. you notice the way that they blend. Yes. Oh, yes. you're ridiculous. So I have to get optimal nutrition, gold standard. It has to be vanilla ice cream. Not oh, that is good. That, no, that is really vanilla. good. It can't be the other vanilla. It has to be the vanilla ice cream specifically. Oh, that one's and my favorite if it's like stra- really cold. Yeah. Strawberry or chocolate malt. Not the double. Some of the chocolates are iffy. You see? <laughs> That's it. I can't. We're not taking any adventures there. Mm-mm. Is this a specific brand? Out. Yeah, Optimum Nutrition. Oh, Optimum Nutrition. Yeah, yeah. And That's I, that, good to know. That also started because I used to do USAPL. And then people who get drug tested and fail, they're always like, it was the supplements. I didn't know. Um, <laughs> but oh, it's so, clean, right? Um, yeah, so there's a website that you could go i forgot what it's called but they basically certified some of the supplements and and optimum nutrition is supposedly not putting random shit in their stuff yeah so i don't stray much from that and um do you mess around with pre-workouts is pre-workout like a culture in martial arts at all um i've only met one other person that has talked about pre-workout and he um he got a look for some reason from everyone like oh you take pre-workout before Muay Thai and he was like no 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 I only do it before like <laughs> before weightlifting uh, I swear and so, no. I, <laughs> so I don't know I swear <laughs> all right it's <laughs> just caffeine <laughs> I, I guess know, that I love it powerlifting equivalent would be like oh I lift with gloves right right, right. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do uh, excuse me that's cute <laughs> I did CrossFit with gloves. I think I might fall into that category. Oh, <laughs> oh I'm sure you got so much side eye. How dare you? No, no, no judgments here. <laughs> and I like Muay Thai is so intense. They start like actual Thai kids out pretty freaking young. Oh, word. I, yeah, I went to one event. I don't know how many of you got, you've gone to, Sam. Like, you're actually competing, I'm sure. But like, they, I've seen seven year olds like, kicking each other in the head just going at it yeah it's it's pretty crazy i haven't i haven't seen a youth muay thai fight um at all there's not actually very many that have happened in seattle and probably not in the states honestly like in thailand they happen so often it's like a bunch (laughs) like every week um and that's you know why people typically like fighters here will go to thailand to train because Mm -hmm. they can actually train full-time and fight a little bit more often but um and I haven't competed yet um I was set to do a smoker before my state shut down um and so I'm I'm sure I won't have the opportunity until the we have a vaccine but yeah uh it's it's it very interesting like I've watched a lot of of kids fights um in Thailand online and it's it's insane like those kids could beat me up so easily it's it's so scary (laughs) stealing their lunch money like they do get headgear but like that's a neck ear breaking you know what i mean early on wild (laughs) but yeah muay thai is kind of hard because you can't like even if your gym were to open up outdoors it's very direct contact so i'm glad you found like that one partner you can um work with here and there 
Oh yeah. And I'm totally, I mean, I'm putting him through hell because he's, <laughs> he's not the type to go three hours in a row. Um, but I like, I'll give him the, the puppy eyes and be like, but if you don't come, then I can't train at all. And that makes me sad. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll buy it. you beer. <laughs> Rain or shine. Wow, that's so funny. I guess shady-ass Florida, we were still having um, matches or meets or comps, whatever they're called. You guys are wide open. Bro, coronavirus (laughs) who never matter. (laughs) Horrible. They would test the people before, um, and then they'd fight. The fights were, I think they were back on since like May. Yeah, professional fights have still been have still been going. Yeah. Need to be tested beforehand. Uh, but there's no audiences, so I can't I can't imagine what that's like as a fighter to like go from having an audience for yeah, all of your fights like and then yelling. suddenly no one. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that has to be pretty weird. They gotta play some backtracks in the back, kind of like a, exactly. a, f- a fake applause, <laughs> some <laughs> fake like <laughs> screaming fans. <laughs> Kick his ass! Just all that. <laughs> Jeez. Man. So do you have to do much to adapt the movements or anything? Or do you have different legs or prosthetics or attachments or anything? I don't have a different leg yet. Um, we, my prosthetist and I have been discussing potentially getting like a, a blade that sprinters will typically use because oh. the bounce that's needed could... Bounce. You know, we may be able to work with with the blade to to get the bounce that I need. Um, but I have I have this pretty fancy um, walking leg. It's um, I, I'm gonna mispronounce it, but it's the Achilleon Vac um, ankle. So the the ankle moves a little bit, and with every step, um, air is pulled out of my socket, so it keeps it, the leg on airtight, which is great. I super needed that. And then there's a little bit of like kind of a a running toe, uh, if that makes sense. So there's, it's not a blade, but it has kind of a similar um, aluminum toe that I can, you know, if I, when I drive through um, from ankle to toe, when I step, I get a little bit of a bounce back um, the way that you would get if you have, you know, the whole ankle. Hmm. Um, So I kind of am, kind of am utilizing the point uh, the ball of my foot, I guess, um, that point at the very end that I can bounce off of, um, when I'm stepping into kick. Um, and then for knees, I'm kind of just, I I can't bend my knee more than 90 degrees right now. Um, and when you go to knee somebody in the liver or in the stomach or whatever, um, you typically want to pull your, your ankle back as far as possible. Like ideally would be like touching the back of your thigh Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't really do that. So I'm kind of just, I guess it's hard to, to describe without like a, I guess an image, but I just kind of okay. drive in from the side, if, if that makes sense. So I have like the kind of this like 90 degree, like boomerang shaped <laughs> like yeah. weapon coming in, uh, and, and I'm hitting like the rib cage a little bit higher. So but the other stances than that, are different. The stance is not like, you know, boxing, like you have southpaw and whatever the regular one is. Is that a thing in Muay Thai or not really? Your legs are wherever. It is, yeah. I'm I'm left-handed, so I happen to be southpaw anyway. So my prosthesis 
my prosthetic leg is my front facing foot and my back leg is my, my power kick comes from my real leg, um, which is just very. Hey, your other leg can hear how... that. Okay. <laughs> real leg. <laughs> my real leg. Um, I guess you're both real in your own special way. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. So my, my power leg, the leg I kick with uh, primarily is my real leg, which works out in my favor. Um, but I have started kicking uh, with, my other with my prosthetic side um I got a cosmetic cover made for me that mimics the texture of like a real calf um and so I had that I had that for a little while and just feeling like a a flat surface kicking the pads and kicking my partner um Mm -hmm. changed you know my understanding of how I need to move and it's improved my my kick so much on that side. Oh, that's a good idea. However, I did promptly break the cosmetic cover, so I'm without one. Oh, again. <laughs> well done, great kicks. Yeah. So, what happens when you're with someone else? Are they like worried about your leg and when they're scrapping with you? Are they worried about hitting it or anything, or are they just carrying on? I think my favorite partners are the ones that kick me at my weak points, mm. uh, like and and my knee and, and stuff. Uh, those are my favorite people. That's fucked um, but up. When we do... Yeah, but that's what <laughs> yeah. you need. Oh, shit. That's I the mean, point. You practice to... to get better. Exactly. I, there's one of my, one of my teammates, Ariel. Um, she's my height and she's the only person who's about my height um, and my weight class. And so I love sparring with her because I'm always fighting people taller than me and those moves don't work the same way on her so that's always really cool and then she also is just constantly defaulting to lower leg kicks that's like Hmm. kind of just her weapon of choice and she is relentless she will just like repeatedly kick me in the back of the knee um, or like the side of my knee because she knows that's a weak point and she she said sorry the first day that she did it and I was like well no I'm actually really <laughs> grateful because in a fight like you got to be prepared my opponent's going to notice that that's yeah. a weak point and they're going to do exactly that and so she has gone very hard ever since like when she got the green light from me she's like this is <laughs> where I'm going to kick you all the time forever until it's not a, a weakness oh, anymore <laughs> That's wild. Wait, so are there, I mean, it's great too that you're working really closely with your your prosthetist um, to, you know, get a better one sport related, but are there any rules in Muay Thai? I feel like there are way too many rules in powerlifting. I can't use my hook. And the minute you said blade, I was like, all the fucking ableist people in my sport would like automatically say no. So like, besides, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I I don't know th- that there are any like specific rules. Um, my coach is from Thailand and has coached a lot of fights and been in a lot of fights. And he um, actually have more, a little bit more of a backstory about um, him and how this conversation came about. But um, he asked me if I wanted to fight. And this is at a point where I was kind of keeping that to myself because I didn't know that people were going to take that seriously. Mm-hmm. Um so he just kind of out of the blue asked me, like, do you want to fight? And I was like, well, do you think I can? And he's like, yeah. And he, he said it like <laughs> an idiot for asking. He was like, yeah, of course, you'll just have a cover on it. Um, so I think that, you know, if he thinks that that's fine, then I'm sure that that will be fine. And there have been 
two people that I know of that are below knee amputees that have fought in Muay Thai fights. Um, they're both men and I have not seen their fights. They're not any, they weren't recorded and they're not anywhere online. So I'm not sure yeah. if they're, if they had anything additional on their prostheses or what, but, um, That's I great. think it would be fine. Yeah. So as long as you have the cover, it's game. Like you can kick yeah. with that leg, you can kick with both legs. It doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Hell I think so. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to show up and they're going to say, oh, well, you, have you tried the, the Paralympics? Nobody's <laughs> yeah. going to like shoo you off. Shit. That's good. There have been people, like, if I post a video of myself kicking with my prosthetic side, um, there there is almost always somebody who either tries to DM me or comments that, like, that's cheating or mm-hmm. um, it's, like, not – or it's not fair to me. It's, it's either I'm cheating or um, I'm going to get my ass kicked. It's, it's either – it's one or the other. It's, like, wow. you're – you you don't deserve to be in this space or shouldn't be in this space for either mm. of those reasons. There's always and somebody. Is that, is that all genders usually or is it? A... I find it's typically men. Yeah. Yep. Yep, <laughs> Did I say that? Right. Yeah. That Which is interesting. I'm that's wondering. It makes me wonder like the, t- the two men that I know that are amputees and have fought. Like I, I always want to kind of ask what their experience is. That, I'm like, sure they can I think relate, it... but I'm sure that it's gonna be more for you. Yeah, definitely a little yeah, different exactly. because, the, like, you can imagine their masculinity is like curling up into a little ball. So yeah, we fight, can't even right? we can't even walk into a gym without some shit. So. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that there are gyms not allowing us to walk around with our bras on. Yeah, just our bras on. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, that's a thing. That's ridiculous. You're like you know your body temperature is rising so much and you have to like wear a shirt (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's ridiculous yeah i'm almost Mm -hmm. certain that you have a significant amount of more more haters than they do i would think man that's pretty lame how do you feel when you get those messages is it like digging and bugging you or you kind of just brush off and keep keep it moving at first it definitely sucked like the the first few months when I realized that was going to be something that I had to deal with but um I haven't fought yet and I I think at the time like first receiving those messages I was like well I'll just I'll just prove them wrong um but as I get closer to that you know a fight potentially happening um I realized like I'm gonna probably actually get more of those comments once that happens So I just need to accept like this is kind of just how it is and that's part of it and therefore it doesn't matter or need any of my energy. Um, Mm -hmm. I had, I was sitting um, at the end of a table um, near a group of some of the guys at my gym. Um, One of them has (laughs) shattered his shin and has like a metal rod in it, I guess, right now. And they were talking about how oh it's so badass that you like have this metal leg and I'm sitting there at the other end of the table like this is not really how I was treated and I do have a metal leg it's like kind of interesting like hearing a conversation like that I mean granted like it's still his real shin you know but it's interesting how like this conversation was happening and it was like this praised thing like oh that's so cool you have like this weapon now um 
where with me I was treated like as this dainty yeah <laughs> like yeah. fragile thing yeah totally <sighs> and they're like a lot of the times more men are seen as heroes you know amputee heroes than than women because we got to look a certain way for the male gaze mm-hmm. right all of a sudden we become not as attractive to the male gaze because we don't look like a fucking Barbie doll, but we're changing yeah. that. We're changing that. And you said something um, in your little blurb to us about how you came back into modeling and um, you started posing in front of the camera again because you wanted to make space for you. Like, you know, growing up, we never thought we can be in these films or these photo shoots, but just you know, taking one photo in front of a camera is a revolution to a lot of people, but also like, exactly. (laughs) It really is. Here we are. Just existing and not hiding anymore is, is revolutionary. Yes. Yeah. I I think I realized that (laughs) not, (laughs) I think I realized that not, um, letting myself do the things that I wanted to do in front of the camera was just like complying to the standard that is hurting me. So, you know, I, and that was part of why I abandoned it in the first place. Um, Like I'm, I'm glad that I went through the journey I did with it because, you know, when, when I was just modeling and just acting, I had to rely on other people to cast me and to take my photographs and when I realized how hard that was going to be, um, I picked up other things. Like I did makeup so that I could, you know, get in on photo shoots. Um, and then I picked up the camera so that I could take control of photo shoots and create the type of photos that I wanted to see. Yeah. And then now I've like, you know, when we locked down the first time, I had all this time on my hands, not going to Muay Thai. And I was like, you know, I can, I, I can't go take someone else's photo right now, but I can take my own. And it was kind of interesting to walk into that space uh, with self-portraiture because it was like I had full control over the the image that I was putting together, mm-hmm. what I looked like, what I was trying to say. Um, I didn't have to consult with anybody or try and communicate like this is what I want and I, I want you to make space for me here. It was just me and myself. Um, and so that that. And, I, and my experience both in front of and behind the camera has, you know, only emphasized my skill on, on the other. So uh, I'm, I'm glad that I went through the process that I did to get here, but I'm so glad to finally be in a space where it's like, yeah, you're allowed to be in front of the camera. And in fact, you should be. And I want other girls that were like me and looking for people like me to look up to, to at least have me or you know, everyone else now that is uh, limb different and, and modeling and acting um, and, and breaking those barriers, I, I want to be part of that. So it's it's really cool that it's being received so well. Oh, that yeah. is cool. And we need more of it because people love to think like, oh, limb different, then you have to be like that weird dude in scary movie or like the mm. new movie Witches with the fucking hands. Like, Ugh. nah, man, we're hot as fuck. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Exactly. Yeah. So what? It's so stupid. And it's such like a, a mental hurdle that people really have to fucking hop through hoops for. 
Yeah. Like you're, you're too pretty to be disabled. You're not disabled. You look fine. Like, yeah. So the fuck does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's like, I, I can be all of these things. I can yeah. be disabled and beautiful and talented and smart. Being disabled doesn't negate every other positive trait about you. Exactly. Yeah. And we've, we've been on this podcast for about a year now, and we've had quite a few limb different individuals on here as guests. And it's just like horrible trend that we keep hearing, no matter what industry you're in, no matter what sport you're in, dance, powerlifting, soccer, baseball, modeling, theater, like there's it's not that it's a bad industry. It's that the people that are in it, you probably had a really bad coach who didn't believe in you, a bad dance instructor, a photographer who kept telling you to hide your leg, hide your hand. That's the shit that we have to like move as far away from. And we're still seeing it in Hollywood. Yeah, <laughs> And not even just that, like the fact that there is, there's that main bad guy. Sure. But then there's also the people that are just not saying shit at all, you know? Like, there are people that are watching these things unfold, like, well, I mean, this is the way things are done. I guess it's just going to happen. Right, right. Or they recognize that it's bad and don't do or say anything about it. And they just, like, DM you silently and say, hey, I believe in you. But don't tell the world publicly. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. It's pretty ridiculous. And those things have happened for sure with... um, with the federations that we fought with Sam where we might be publicly shitting on them and nobody else is saying anything, but then they'll send you a message like, yeah, I thought what they did was wrong too. Okay. What's this private message going to do for me? Yeah. Why are you so quiet about it? We got to be louder. It always falls on the person who's being victimized to speak up. Like like you're already in pain. (laughs) You've already been harmed. And it's also now your responsibility to be the loudest when you're victimized and you're saying like, Hey, this isn't right. And this upset me and this hurt me, the victim blaming and the, um, you know, the backlash of like, well, you're just being dramatic or, you know, like you need those additional voices to step in and be like, you know, I wasn't part of, I wasn't directly part of this and I wasn't directly harmed by this, but I am validating that this is wrong. And this, happened like it's unfortunate that you need that but those voices are needed so you know when the people that are yeah they're just like not saying anything you're like you know Mm. what's the point (laughs) yeah and you see it not just in in the disability community or the ableist community ableist community i like the ables <laughs> the ables that's what they call it. the ables fucking society but like in racism and that's why we talk about intersectionality so much here and just in the real world because when you know the black lives matter movement sprouted over six years ago it was not as silent it was i'm sorry it was a lot more silent than it was just this past year there's still a lot of exhaustion that the black community had to endure and still explain through the gaslighting, through the non-believers that they had to teach white, non-brown, non-black folks about racism that had existed for like centuries. Yeah, like it existed. And it still isn't, all it's done this year is like changed a couple of minds. Like it still hasn't even fixed anything. Mm -hmm. 
Like it's so ridiculous. And it's even worse when you're that person being victimized and you have nobody out, even outside of the situation that you could check in with. Because eventually, I mean, maybe maybe you'll be lucky and you believe in what you believe in. But honestly, for the most part, eventually you're going to believe them when they keep telling you that like you're tripping when they keep telling you that you're being dramatic. Like eventually that's going to sink in. You're going to be like either what's the point or maybe they're right. So when you don't have like a voice of reason to check back with like that shit will fuck you up. Mm hmm. Or sometimes they just need that one able-bodied white man to tell them the same thing you've been telling them all these years <laughs> so yeah. they can finally believe yeah. it. Oh, man. That gets <laughs> real. Gaslighting for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I definitely have people like that, luckily, nowadays. And it's amazing when you do get those people that you can check in with and be like, hey, this happened to me. Like, am I tripping? And they're like, no, bitch, that was wild. Like, then you start thinking about you start thinking about other situations where you weren't sure and you're like oh all right maybe that wasn't me all right maybe that okay yeah all right maybe that you just like just unraveling and like reprogramming and unpacking all the things that you didn't realize were hurting you and digging at your character and who you are that's a process (laughs) to like relearn how to trust yourself yeah exactly it's just refreshing, you know, meeting people like you, like you too, and everybody in this community. That is definitely true. I wholly appreciate this. And we, oh, well, this will be a while when this airs, but yeah, we're about a year in of podcasting and just amazing to just keep talking about people and hearing these stories because there's just so many levels to it, to life. Yeah, I can't believe it's been a year. That's so awesome. I mean, I know you guys recently started um, just because of the number of podcasts, but there's that's still crazy that in a year you've put out so many. <laughs> like, we're out here, you know? Yeah. I, it's, it's not to say that this is, like, an easy thing to do. Like, you do have to edit and, like, you know, we have to post on social media so people know we exist. But, like, essentially, like, the essential part of this podcast is easy. Uh, the hardest part of this podcast is keeping these episodes under an hour, honestly. Right? <laughs> because we're meeting so many goddamn people that just like blow our minds. You are and all such wanna, talented. Like, we just want to spill our hearts. Just like, just spill our hearts to everyone. Want to know more? Yeah. That's the hardest part of this podcast, man. <sighs> well, thanks for coming. Honestly, not enough. Thanks for coming. You're amazing. What what would you like to say to uh, all the limb different little bodies out there that aren't sure about their bodies? What would you like to say? Oh, man, so much. How do I <laughs> condense it all? Um, you know, this is something that I keep trying to remind myself so it may be valuable for others. Um, you know, if whatever you think you can't do, you're wrong. And if there is a space that you want to be in, but you don't see anybody like yourself in it, be the first person in that space. Um, Because you never know who out there is also looking at that space and wanting to be in it. Mm -hmm. And you may open a door for them or give them encouragement that they didn't realize that they needed. Um, So yeah, it's it's okay to be the first and it's cool to be the first. um, And it's going to be hard it's going to be worth it. And there's a lot more people out there that will be 
on your side and supporting you than you even realize. So just go for it. I'll take it. I'll take it. That's where were you when I was 12 years old? (laughs) (laughs) That's what I, my my space was barely budding. Sorry. (laughs) 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 It wasn't popping yet. Yeah. Damn. That was 16 years ago. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. We're just a tad bit older than you. Just a smidge. <laughs> just a smidge. Don't worry about that. <laughs> oh man, Did, um, is there anything else we missed that you would love to share? I mean, oh, we always welcome everyone back. You know, once you're on the podcast, you're not a guest. You're family. You know, you could come Aww. over. You don't have to ask. You don't have to ask if you go in the fridge. Just open it. Get what you want. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're just out you here. You know where chilling. the cups are. You know where the cups are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So you can always, whenever whenever you're ready, you're like, mm, you know what? I wanted to talk about this. Just hit us up. Come back. That's awesome. I yeah. appreciate that. And I'm like, I seriously, when I discovered this podcast, I felt so seen. Um, and I immediately felt like, yeah, these are my people and this is my family. So I so appreciate everything that you're doing. Um, I really had fun talking with you. Yeah. And I'm sure I will be back. I'm sure I'll be i'll be messaging you like hey there's some more stuff <laughs> hey which is awesome i, I want to hug you through the screen oh <laughs> internet hugs <laughs> all right disabled girls out thanks for listening to disabled girls who left we appreciate all of your support and everyone who's taken the time to show us some love don't forget to subscribe rate or write a review of our channel we're on apple podcasts spotify Player FM, Google Podcasts, and more. You can also find us on Instagram at Disabled Girls Who Left.